Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 20th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Dot com And we'll have, we have a jam-packed episode for you today. It is a Friday episode. We've got, of course, the game tonight. The Orlando Magic taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll have a complete preview of that game, as well as some aftermath of Wednesday's loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. Some very upset Magic players, as well as some injury news on Jody Meeks to update you on as well. As I said at the beginning of the week, this is kind of mid-season recap week, so we're going to finish that off by naming our second quarter MVP, our first half MVP, and our biggest disappointment uh, of the season so far. So, lots to get to on today's show. Hopefully, I'll keep it tight, as uh, our, as Austin Creed likes to say. And if you know who that is, bonus points for you. But let's start with Friday's game. I'm not going to talk too much about the Milwaukee Bucks, because I think at this point of the season, it's less about who the Magic are playing and more about the Magic themselves. Because... Orlando's shown throughout this season that they can compete with just about anybody. They beat the Spurs in San Antonio, and they look good doing it. They went toe-to-toe with the Houston Rockets. They went toe-to-toe with the LA Clippers before Chris Paul's injury. Uh, They have done, they have played some very good games against good teams, and they've proven that they can compete with these teams and and, and on on probably more occasionally beat them as well. The consistency is just the issue, and that's why I say we focus more on the Magic and less on the opponent, but let's a few brief words about the Milwaukee Bucks. They are on the outside of the playoff race right now looking in. They are tied with the Chicago Bulls for that final playoff spot, I believe. Um, they're going through a little bit of a rough patch right now, too. I think they've lost uh, six of their last nine games or something like that. Um, they've fallen from potentially going for home court advantage to outside of the playoff race. That's how tight the East playoff race still is at that level. The Magic have fallen way off the pace, and, and that's a little bit of the disappointment because of all the opportunity that's there within the playoff race. The Bucks, though, are still an incredibly dangerous team. Don't let their recent struggles fool you. They're still a good team. They're still very capable of doing a lot of really good things, and, and a lot of that is because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Named to the All-Star team. First all, he's got the All-Star start uh, on Thursday. Named to uh, his first All-Star team. Uh, more than deservingly so. He is literally carrying this team, doing everything for them right now. Um, there is no shame in, in anything that Antetokounmpo has done for the Milwaukee Bucks so far this year. Uh, he's the guy you got to watch for, as, as I joked on Twitter. Very excited to see Aaron Gordon go up against him. Uh, the Magic have, I thought, matched up well with Milwaukee earlier in the season. Uh, played them really tight both times. Uh, probably should have won the game up in Milwaukee earlier this season. Uh, but this is a game where the Magic will have to be sharp. Milwaukee has a lot of weapons. Uh, Antetokounmpo, chief among them. Greg Monroe started to come along a lot better. Uh, Jabari Parker has cooled down. He killed the Magic the first time. Really torched Serge Ibaka the, the, in, in, one of the, in the first meeting especially. Uh, so this is a game where the Magic are going to have to be sharp. And, and they've got to play well. And, and just like everything else... 
to me, it's more about the magic and less about the opponent. And that seemed to be the big message coming out of Wednesday's game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Some of the quotes that were coming out after that game were very, very uh, poignant and very, very true. Uh, And also, not things that you hear teams say publicly. Uh, Nikola Vucevic said, quote, I don't think anybody is happy with where we are at. We have to show up mad, but then show up mad. Be mad on the court. Mad doesn't mean go out there and do dumb stuff. It's playing the right way. Bring the effort, play mad, show some passion. You're supposed to do that if you play basketball. If you enjoy the game, it's automatic. It's never a question to do it. That's where the Magic are at right now, and having watched this team, who could blame them for team leaders, for someone to say, where is this team's heart right now? Um, Maybe heart's too harsh, but at least where is this team's effort? Because if you watch that game against the Nuggets and watch that game against the Pelicans, it's hard to say the Magic played with much effort, especially on the defensive end. They got sucked into an offensive game, and they're not going to outscore very many teams. They can certainly put up a lot of points. They've proven they can do that even, even with this team, but they've got to take that next step. Even more from the Magic, even more from Vucevic, quote, we don't play the right way. We can play as hard as we want. As long as we keep playing like this, this is how it's going to be. It's hard for certain guys to keep giving effort when you don't do the right things out there. We take bad shots. We play selfish. It's embarrassing. We've been losing to everybody by 20. It's bad, man. End quote. That is, of course, uh, some big statements from Nikola Vucevic. And and I think it's not so much targeted maybe at one specific player. And and I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think what Vucevic is driving at here is when... One player, and it's been a different guy every night. I think DJ Augustin was guilty of it uh, on Wednesday night. Serge Ibaka, I think, has been guilty of it offensively on certain nights. Aaron Gordon, I think, has been guilty of it on certain nights. And and I'd imagine Nikola Vucevic has been guilty of it, too. Where one player just doesn't grab the rope or doesn't do what the team needs them to do, they take a bad shot and their heads go down. I mean, I think we all know, uh, I think it was on the podcast with Chris on Tuesday, um, we talked about that play where the Magic, a player, I think it was Augustin, drove into the lane looking for a foul, didn't get it. He complained to the ref. Vucevic complained to the ref. And J.J. Redick went down to the other end of the floor and hit a three that was a big shot at the time of that game. That's the kind of effect that I think Vucevic is really talking about here. It's the, we let little things get to us. We let little failures get to us where we break away from what the game plan is. And it's a game plan that I think the Magic know works. I mean, we saw what they looked like in late November, early December. I mean, I think that's the kind of team the Magic are trying to get back to. When you break away that little bit, it does have an effect on the rest of the team because the rest of the team has to pick up that slack. And as as well as everyone seems to be well aware, this team doesn't have the top-end talent necessarily to withstand players diverging off on their own. They need everyone playing together and playing connected. They need everyone on the same page. They need everyone communicating properly. And it seemed like Vucevic let the frustration boil over a little bit after Wednesday's game uh, and let his thoughts be known that he's not happy with where this team is at. If you talk to anybody, I don't think anybody is, but it's been a lot of talk. I don't think what Vucevic said, while it is more poignant and more pointed than anything else that's been said before, I don't think anything that Vucevic said is anything new. I think everyone's been kind of hinting at this for a few weeks. 
They've been saying all the right things, saying that they know that they have to play defense. They know how they have to do this. They know how they have to do that. They know they have to communicate. They know they have to be physical. They know they have to do these things. And yet, they haven't yet done them. If you ask me, I anticipate that the Magic will come out angry on Friday. And this team has shown numerous times that after bad performances, they'll come out angry and play well. So I, I do expect a strong effort from the Magic on Friday against the Bucks. Don't know if that will translate into a win, but if the Magic don't come out with a strong strong effort on Friday, that's more of a problem than maybe even what happened Wednesday in Wednesday's game. At least you could maybe say schedule loss there. But now they've identified the problem, so how do they fix it? That's That's the question, of course. They'll have to do that fixing, though, without a key player, uh, and that is Jody Meeks. As I, I believe I noted it yesterday, but if I didn't, Jody Meeks dislocated his thumb on his right hand, so his shooting hand, um, dislocated his thumb uh, and left the game in the middle. Left the game in the middle. Um, did not return. They said X-rays were negative, but he did. He did dislocate his thumb. They found. Uh, so they did an MRI. He sprained uh, some tendons in his. Uh, in his thumb, and so he'll be out four to six weeks. The, the team uh, told, or someone, a source told Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel uh, on Thursday. Big loss, obviously, for the Magic. Uh, even though Meeks was struggling a little bit with his shots, and Seven Fournier just went out. Having both Meeks and Fournier out leaves the Magic very, very thin at the shooting guard position. Uh, I anticipate that Mario Hazonia will get the start on Friday. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll get the most, most minutes, but I anticipate he'll get the start on Friday. Um, so a big opportunity for Mario Azonia, who's had his struggles this year. 3.3 points per game, 35.5% shooting from the floor. He struggled when he was in the rotation earlier. He's obviously been taken out of the rotation. He's kind of been eased back in. Hasn't been necessarily terrible, but I wouldn't necessarily describe him as good either. He's just kind of been there. Big loss, though, for, for the Magic not having him. Uh, Frank Vogel said after Wednesday's game that Zoni would probably get a few more get more minutes. C.J. Watson might get more minutes, uh, and he might even experiment with some D.J. Augustin, Alfred Payton lineups, which have not played well. Um, the, the, the duo of Augustin and Payton, when they're on the floor together, have an 87.7 offensive rating and a 113.1 defensive rating in 111 minutes. That is not something that appears sustainable. Uh, the Magic might even have to turn to C.J. Wilcox and, and give him an opportunity. Uh more than anything, this is a, a next man up situation. This is more an opportunity for some young players to step up, and the Magic will need them to step up if they want to pick up some wins, number one, and get back into this playoff race. Number two, if that is, I would hope, still there, still at least the player's goal, uh, you can listen to yesterday's podcast uh, for some thoughts on the direction the Magic should head. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. But like I said, this is season recap week, and so we're going to continue our season, our, our mid-season recap, mid-season review by naming our second quarter MVP. There are certainly a lot of good candidates to choose from for the second quarter MVP. Um, I actually did some research on this, uh, and it's uh, 
It, it was actually kind of funny. The first quarter, the Magic went. Uh, the, the Magic had the same number of losses in each quarter of the season so far this year. They're they're. Uh, I'm blanking on their record. That's how bad I am today. Uh, the Magic are currently at a, a really terrible record, but not so bad, I guess. Um, they got 17. They got 17 wins. Uh, they're 17 and 27. Uh, the they're 17 and 27 now. They're 17 and 24 at the midpoint of the season. The Magic went seven in what was it? Eight and 12, I think, or nine and 12 in the first quarter of the season. The first 21 games, and then eight and 12 in the second quarter of the season. The next 20 games. So if there's one thing that's consistent, it's at least that. <laughs> it's 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 they they've hit uh, they they have that kind of a uh, they they they're gonna get seven or eight wins per quarter, I guess. Uh, that gets you that gets you 32 though. That that's obviously not going to be enough to make the playoffs. Uh, but when you look back, the, the first quarter was certainly seemed more successful than the second quarter. Uh, it seemed like the team. Uh, another interesting fact: the Magic were third in defensive rating in the first quarter of the season. They were 28th in defensive rating in the second quarter of the season. A pretty incredible turnaround, if you ask me, going from third-best defense in the first 21 games to the third-worst defense in the next 20 games. So, weird, weird, weird Magic team here uh, that we're talking about. But we, there there were some some bright spots, and there were some performances worth noting. Um, you know, I think Serge Ibaka had a very good second quarter of the season. Uh, he would have been... My, I mean, I, I, uh, we'll talk about. I'll talk about Serge in a little bit um, because, because uh, spoiler alert, Serge is our first half MVP. Um, I thought Aaron Gordon did some very nice things in the second quarter of the season as well. I thought Nikola Vucevic found his comfort in the second quarter of the season. But the big thing that we valued in this Magic team is consistency. And if you don't have consistency, it's really tough to support you uh, in this season. And I think. You know, and another way to value MVP is what, how does the team look when you're gone? And I think it's fair then to say, and I think it's a fair award, and, and, and we awarded this on the site, that Evan Fournier is the first, is the second quarter MVP for the Orlando Magic. In the second quarter of the season, so that's game 22, December 6th at Washington to game 41, January 13th at Portland. Evan Fournier averaged 16.7 points per game, shot 45.5% from the field, 78.7% from the line, and 33.8% from beyond the arc. Not fantastic stats, but he's averaging about 17 points per game for the season, so he's relatively consistent. He's stayed around his average. He essentially scored, you can count on him to score 15 to 20 points every night. He's shooting it at an at, at a relatively efficient rate. He you know, probably still forces things, takes a few too many jump shots, you know, tries to tries to be the guy, even though he, he isn't necessarily that kind of a player. His three-point shooting has struggled, uh, but generally you can rely on him to make three-pointers. Among his highlights in the second quarter of the season was a nice string of four 20-point games and six 20-point games in seven games right before he suffered the heel injury. The heel injury really changed the narrative for uh, Fournier. If you look at just his games uh, in the second quarter of the season before the initial heel injury, before he initially uh, went out with the injury, uh, he averaged, I'm going to pull this up here on Basketball Reference real fast, he was averaging 19.2 points per game, shooting 49.3% from beyond the arc and 35.4% 
from, or, sorry, 35.4% from beyond the arc and 49.3% from the floor. His free throw percentage up to 84.4%. This was the Evan Fournier the Magic expected. All in 32 minutes per game, too. This is the Evan Fournier the Magic expected. Efficient shooting, good three-point shooting, getting to the... Get, making free throws when he gets there, 3.2 free throw attempts per game, so plenty to quibble about. 3.8 assists per game, he's actually moving the ball decently well, and just scoring. His role is to score. That 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 is why he's there. That is why he's on the floor. Uh, and for much of the second quarter of the season, until his injury, he did that. And in his absence, the Magic struggled. And when he came back, when he was hurt, the Magic struggled. You can look at the Magic team now and say, yes, this team is struggling. And a big reason, I think, is because Evan Fournier is not there. Um, he's not the best player on the team. I I, I think I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Um, his defense still needs a lot of work. Um, he's passable. He's okay. He's not great. And, and the team has struggled defensively somewhat because Fournier has had his struggles corralling twos and and. and I've I've had this theory going around for a while that I think Evan Fournier is, is a defensive tweener. He's too small to guard threes, but not fast enough to guard twos, and it makes it very tricky to, to figure out how to place him defensively. Having room protection should help, and, and, and that's a whole other mess with the Magic. But Fournier has done some good things, and I think the second quarter of the season was very much his quarter. It was his quarter to kind of reestablish himself uh, and get himself moving in the right direction after struggling, I think, with his new role and with his new teammates. And and I think he really did find some comfort uh, and, and was one of the more consistent players for the Magic. That is until his heel injury knocked him out. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, he came back probably too soon from that. And I think he would admit that. Uh, he I think he said uh, before he, start, he stopped playing again that he was playing at uh, 60%. Uh, on that and, and was struggling to put weight on it and, and was just kind of gutting through it and it was clear he was not moving moving right. Uh, and, and you know, frankly, that, that hurt the team a little bit, but the Magic are a better team with Evan Fournier on the floor. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. A healthy Evan Fournier, at least. The Magic are a better team. And so I think uh, it's fair to name him the second quarter MVP. Let's talk then about our first half MVP of the season. I think there are a number of good candidates, but one does shine above all the others, and that is one Serge Ibaka. Say what you want about that trade uh, for Victor Oladipo, and I think there's still plenty to say, especially considering what the future is likely to hold for Serge Ibaka. Uh, I don't think if the Magic continue to fade out of the playoff race, if the Magic aren't going to make a push for the playoffs in the next two weeks— and the schedule is tough the next two weeks. They get, you know, they have Milwaukee, they have Golden State, they go to Boston, they go to Toronto, they go to Minnesota, uh, they get Toronto again uh, at the beginning of February. It's not going to be an easy road to get to get there. I mean, uh, you look at this, I mean, the schedule right now, the schedule looks very, very bleak because the Magic aren't playing particularly well. Losers of nine of their last 11. But Serge Ibaka, to me, has delivered everything the Magic have asked of him. And everything the Magic could have hoped from him in the Victor Oladipo trade. Again, say what you want about what the Magic gave up for him. But the Magic signed or acquired Serge Ibaka to be a defensive anchor, to improve the team's defense and and make Nik- and to supplement Nikola Vucevic, and to trying to expand his offensive role. Ibaka's averaging 15.3 points per game, a career high. He's averaging 7.1 rebounds per game, 
back in line with his usual career averages. He's at least he's at least even with what he did last year. He's slightly better actually. His numbers are virtually up across the board. 1.7 blocks per game is a little bit down, but he I mean he would say he changes a lot more shots and I think that's fair. Shooting 48.9% from the floor, that's his best in 3 years. 38% 38% from beyond the arc, best in 4 years. His effective field goal percentage is 54.6% back up to above his career average. Um his defensive box plus minus is 0.4, which is a career low, and so he has had some struggles on the defensive end. Uh, some of that could be a product of his team, but his 0.2 offensive box plus minus is a career high. He is contributing more on the offensive end than he ever has. His usage rate is above 20% for the first time in his career. That's something that that we talked a lot about, bumping that up to get him more involved. His Again, his block rate is in line with his career averages. His turnover rate is a career low 7.8%, so he's actually protecting the ball. His assist rate is a career high 6%. His total rebound rate is 12.7%. Uh, that's about where he's been for the last three years. Um, he's generally, true shooting percentage, 56.7%. That's his career average, essentially. He is... I don't want to say he's improved over last year. And I think a lot of people have said, oh, he's declining, he's getting worse, and and, and yada, 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 yada. That might be true. That that might be getting worse. But he's still a good defensive player, especially when he wants to be. Uh, And he still can provide something to the Magic. And offensively, he stepped this game up. And that's what the Magic asked of him when they signed him or when they acquired him. Increase your offense and at least give us what you gave us defensively defensively last year. Could Ibaka do a little bit more? Absolutely. I think there have been times that his effort level or his energy level or his activity level has not been where the Magic wanted to be. Um, I I, I said this uh, on yesterday's podcast and during yesterday's game, blocking a shot on the first possession of the game, to me was a good sign that he was going to be active, and I think generally he was. He had five block shots in the game. So I think he was generally generally active and generally trying to do the right things. And and eventually uh in kind of the same in kind of what Vooch was alluding to, when players start to let go of the rope, you can see that mistrust kind of build and everyone kind of defaults back to, you know, kind of skating by. Um so, you know, that's that's something I think needs to shift as well. And I think Ibaka needs to become a little bit of a better leader. There was, you know, I give Ibaka credit. Um, there have been a few moments where he's really stepped into that role. Um, the the Lakers game, you know, him and Biombo said, you guys get up into your man, we got the rim. And they got the rim. They got nine blocks in the quarter. Uh, There's a point in Wednesday's game when the Fox Sports Florida telecast showed Serge Ibaka in the huddle talking to the players, trying to get them to to, to go in the right direction. And, I don't know what was said. I don't know how common that is, but that's a that's a good sign to see, I would think. The issue with this team, of course, is so few players are consistent and, and consistently good and consistently can make a difference in a game. And Serge Ibaka has at least been relatively consistent offensively. I mean, relatively consistent offensively. Uh, he's very clearly the best player on the team. I mean, I I, I don't think there's a doubt that that... He has the potential to add more to this team than any player on the roster. And when he's engaged and when he's active and when he's playing well, the Magic do play at a different level. I still think Alfred Payton's kind of the engine for the offense. But an engaged Serge Ibaka 
does change this team around a lot. And for whatever reason, the Magic haven't always gotten that from him. But hopefully naming him the first half MVP, you know, spurs him a little bit. I I don't know. And that, that was a pun. That was that what that pun was intended to, to spur him. Uh, but as I said, the future for Serge Ibaka is very doubtful right now as the Magic continue to fall out of the playoff race with this expiring contract, with everything the Magic gave up to get him. They do have to look into trades, and I don't think I think we will be hearing a lot of Serge Ibaka trade rumors in the next three weeks as the Magic, you know, Magic begin to to plan out their future. Now the bad news, though, because this has not been a good season for the Orlando Magic, and I'm sure a lot of people would say, "Well, you know, Serge Ibaka has been good, but he hasn't been great, and the Magic gave up so much." I mean, he's been a disappointment, and I think you're you're fair to say that. I mean, it's fair to call him the team's MVP and also say. He's a disappointment. He hasn't given them everything the Magic wanted. I, I would say that he generally has, but you know, maybe I'm, I'm tempering my expectations like I always do. Um, you can certainly point to Evan Fournier and say, "Oh, you know, he signed a big contract. And he needs to step his game up." You know, again, yes, that's that's per- that's probably true. But I think the most disappointing player for the Magic so far this year has been Bismack Biombo. The Magic. He is the highest paid player on the team with for whatever that means. And I don't think that necessarily matters so much to Biombo. Um, but the Magic certainly expected more from their big free agent signing. Remember, Bismarck Biombo was the guy the Magic went to at midnight on July 1st. He was the one they were knocking on the door to meet with, first and foremost. Even after getting Serge Ibaka, this was the guy they wanted to meet with. And so, to see someone they targeted so much struggle in the way that he struggled, to, to fail to meet up expectations or fail to improve upon what he did last year with more opportunity has been disappointment and, and I think has been a, a, at least a part of the reason why the Magic have struggled, especially on the defensive end. You don't expect a lot of points from Bismack Biombo, but he's averaging 6.1 points per game. That's, that's not important. He's averaging 7.5 rebounds per game, which is actually down from last year despite a few more minutes. He's averaging a career. He's averaging 1.3 blocks per game, which is not bad. That's in line with his career averages, slightly below. Um, but you you dig a little bit deeper into his, into his defensive stats, and you see a problem. His 9.2 percent offensive rebounds is worse since his rookie year, so he's not get, attacking the offensive glass. His 16.7 percent total rebound rate is his lowest since his second year in Charlotte. He's at 20.8% last year. The Magic expected more from him there. His block rate is a career-low 4.1%. He's blocking fewer shots this year. And some of it might be more minutes, but he's not playing that much more minutes than he was last year when he had a 6.1% block rate. Essentially, he's blocking 4.1% of shots that are taken in in the game, which is not good for him. His defensive box plus minus is fine. 2.5 defensive box plus minus. That, I believe, is still, when I checked it yesterday, it was 17th in the league. But guess who's tied with him? That would be Nikola Vucevic. Essentially, Nikola Vucevic has provided the same statistical contribution defensively that Bismack Biombo has provided. And yeah, they share the court a lot, so, so maybe that has something to do with it. You don't want to read too much into these uh, into these defensive stats because there's still a little bit of an imperfect science, but... Vucevic has been much better defensively. According to NBA.com slash stats and their, their defended field goal percentage at the rim, Vucevic is better defending field goals at the rim right now than Bismarck Biombo. 
Biombo is at, what, 46, 47% field goal percentage at the rim. I think he's at 50 this year. And Vucevic, I don't think, is actually better. I think Vucevic is at 52% this year. Much better than where he was at 54, 54 last year. But Nikola Vucevic's defensive emergence has certainly changed some of the equation when it comes to uh, when it comes to evaluating Biombo. Because Frank Vogel's kind of flipped a coin on who's going to start. And now Vucevic is getting his turn. Biombo really struggled. Uh, and most importantly, I think when it comes to Biombo and, and the disappointment part, is they signed him to join with Serge Ibaka and become defensive juggernauts. And instead, when Biombo and Ibaka are on the floor, the Magic are received defensively. The two just do not work well together. And considering the money that the Magic put into Biombo, it's certainly disappointing to see the team struggle with uh, with the defensive end, with the players that they with the players that they have. I mean, this team should be better defensively. There is no doubt about this. This team is a disappointment on the defensive end. And Biombo is just a tough player to solve. And and I wrote this yesterday or two days ago now that the Magic have to kind of reset Biombo's role a little bit. Make him the energy guy off the bench. Salary, salary be damned. Sorry for the cursing again. Just let let Biombo play that role that he's comfortable in. Be, be energetic, block shots, rebound. Don't do too much with him other than that. But it's hard to hide from that salary. And the Magic invested a lot of resources and a lot of time and a lot of money into him. Uh, and they expected him to do a little bit more. They expected him to make Nikola Vucevic expendable. And right now, I don't think Nikola Vucevic is expendable. I think they need to keep Nikola Vucevic. Um, because he, him and Biombo are providing a lot of the same things right now. But, of course, there's still second half of the season to go. Still a long way to go uh, as far as these players and evaluating them. And we'll see what they do in the next 40 or so games. There's less than 40 games now. I think there's 38 games left. So we'll see what they do from here. And, of course, the team will have to have to make some decisions as well on that. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the podcast today, the Locked On Magic podcast. I will probably be back with a special podcast uh, either Friday night. I might I might wait till Saturday to record it um, because, of course, in all the hubbub of the midseason review, I did not get to talk about Penny Hardaway and his Hall of Fame induction. The Orlando Magic will be inducting Anthony Penny Hardaway into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame on Friday night uh, before Friday's game. Uh, they'll honor him at midcourt um, during halftime. I believe he'll be on the Fox Sports Florida telecast in the second quarter. Always good to have Penny home. He does not come back to Orlando enough. I know he's really busy doing some incredible work in Memphis. I highly suggest you uh, read about what what Penny's done. ESPN's done. Uh, ESPN did a short film on Penny uh, and his work in in his community work in Memphis. He's coaching high school kids there and doing a not only doing a fantastic job coaching that team. The team is nationally ranked. His team is nationally ranked. Uh, but giving back to a, a, a community in need, the community that he grew up in. If you know Penny's story, um, he grew up in a really, really rough neighborhood in Memphis, uh, and it's great to see uh, great to see a, a player, a person of his stature, giving back in, in such a meaningful way. And of course, there's a lot of meaning, personal meaning to Penny, and 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 I, I applaud it. I, I you know, there, Penny Hardaway was my favorite player growing up. Um, he's now one of my favorite people too. Um, he was, I, I liked him a lot as a, as, you know, it, it, when I was younger too, as well, just as a person. But you know, who, who know you don't really know you don't really know people when you're when you're five or six years old. But point being, 
Good to have Penny home, so I'll have a special podcast talking about Penny Hardaway and the Hall of Fame induction. Hopefully, I'll get that to you on Saturday, so sit tight for that. Um, you'll you'll get that special in your mailbox. Uh, you know, I won't talk about the Bucks game or the Warriors game until Monday's episode of the podcast, and so we will see you on the other side of the weekend for that. I just have to make sure we mention that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully David Steele is back as well. It'll be good to see him back. Uh, on the Magic broadcast, of course, but also uh, back with with the Magic family, so so we can all uh, do our part for for him as well. Be sure to follow this follow the podcast on Twitter. You can follow us at, at Locked On Magic. You can also uh, like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic as well. You can subscribe to the podcast on Audio Boom, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Leave us a review. That's your Friday res- Friday resolution uh, to leave us a review, five stars. Let us know how you think we're doing. Uh, and uh, let sp- help us spread the word about the podcast. More reviews does get us up higher in the rankings on iTunes, gets more listens, gets more people to love us, and, and we like to be loved, and the Magic needs some love right now. I, I think Magic fans need-, need a little bit of love right now. If you have any questions or comments about the show, though, that you don't want to leave in the comments uh, wherever you-, you go, you can always contact the show via email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. We welcome all questions, all comments, all reviews, all anything uh, advertisement, advertisement inquiries, anything you want to know, um, be sure to contact the show. We're happy to talk to you uh, on any uh, on any platform, really. Uh, I'm, I'm here for you guys, so I want to know what you want want me to talk about uh, and get your feedback as well. That'll do it for this Friday episode of the Locked on Magic podcast. I want everyone to enjoy the Hall of Fame induction on Friday. Hopefully, uh, the Magic show up this time uh, on the court against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and uh, that'll do it for me this week for London Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you all again on another episode of Locked On Magic on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.